Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shulok Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Shulok Shulisten. 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 Very good, Ben. Sure, look, this week, Benjamin, we have seen a teaser trailer for season three of the Teen Titans, which has a lot of T sounds in it. We've also, Ben, remembered that we've seen The Tomorrow War, and we're probably going to talk about it just so people don't come back to us and say, hey, did you guys ever watch The Tomorrow War? You have seen, you sneaky bastard, you've seen Gunpowder Milkshake without me. And, Ben... There has been the finale of the much-discussed and talked-about season one of Loki, the television series Loki. Michael, if that fuckery... Or, sure, listen, Michael, if that fuckery isn't enough... I forgot the conceit. Ah! <laughs> uh, sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough for you. Fear Street, the bloody uh, trilogy of horror films on Netflix has been released. And goodness gracious, Michael, we're going to take a look at that. And the way in which it's recycling all those good num, 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 1970s and 80s horror tropes and putting them to good use, Michael. Oh, they're all over the place. Benjamin, I tell you what. what? It is flipping roasting here today. I am sweating. It is death. deeply unpleasant. Uh, as a pale ginger Irishman, Ben, I have to say this near 30 degree heat in this small insulated room is stifling, Ben. Michael, as a non-ginger Irishman yes. in a slightly larger yet still rather tiny room. Yeah, it's no good. Benjamin, <laughs> I was no looking good. into getting a... Uh, I was looking into getting some air conditioning for the tiny room, but one of our problems <laughs> with the air conditioning for the tiny room is it would be prohibitively expensive and noisy. So we can't have any air conditioning in the tiny room. We're limited to OnlyFans. So I've been on OnlyFans, the website, all morning. And I'll tell you what, Ben, it's not what I expected. It's very hard to find good air conditioning units, i tell you that much. No, some, some units are right, Ben, but very few air conditioning <laughs> units. Benjamin... Yeah, was that entirely done in aid of that joke? What joke? The, the <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael's seen a teaser trailer. Benjamin, I have watched season one of the Teen Titans, Ben. I don't know if you watched season two. I certainly didn't watch season two because I one didn't. of the shows that dropped off my interest radar, Ben. I have, an, I have a new thing, Ben. It's called my interest radar and it goes boop-bidi-boop, And I, it tells me what to watch. And I forgot to watch season two of Teen Titans. And I've just seen a trailer, Ben, for season three of Teen Titans. And holy moly, have they gone deep into DC mythology, Ben. Have they? Bloody hell, Ben. The teaser trailer seems to start with a young Jason Todd. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Being killed with a crowbar, Ben, by the Joker. Excuse me? Exactly, Ben. And this leads to Batman's retirement, Ben. Batman, you'll remember, very famously played by Ian Glenn from Out of Television's... um, Such an interesting choice, Michael. Very interesting, Ben. It's deep, deep, deep into... um, into DC mythology, we've got a Commissioner Gordon, Ben. Oh. Barbara Gordon. Babs. Babs, Ben, she's in a wheelchair. Oh, fuck. Br- Bruce Wayne looks like he's going to retire, Ben, and pass the mantle of Batman onto Dickie G, Dick Grayson. The OG. Yeah. Very interesting. Very deep into Batman mythology. Much more deep into Batman mm. mythology than I thought it would ever go. Mm, it's a ballsy move, Michael. It's a ballsy move. I, I think the... The great DC moratorium on Batman is thawing slowly. Well, very much um, so. Yeah, I because for for people who've been listening to this podcast for a while, um, Michael, you'll know we've talked about that before. How how Batman seems to be an untouchable character on occasion. For example, we got the CW show The Arrow, which was Batman light, mm. um, pretty much, um, and then which led to the the great question, Michael, of why don't they just do Batman? Why don't they just don't do a Batman series? <laughs> so instead, Ben, they've done a series about all of Batman's sidekicks doing a big team-up. Yeah. And they've kind of chickened out and added Batman as a supporting character towards the end of season two. It's a bizarre choice, especially such a blonde Scottish Batman. But they won't give us... A blonde Bruce Wayne is just a sin in itself, Michael. But anyway, they won't give us a, a an in-his-prime Batman. They won't they, do they it. Won't do it. They I won't don't. do it. They're too frightened. Because this is the second one we've gotten, Michael, in as many years. We've gotten two over-the-hill Batmans. One is in Glenn, and mm. the other is Kevin Conroy in the Batwoman series. 
yeah, that was more of a cameo in an alternate universe, so you can forgive them that. But this is, it's it's incredible how many Batman series there have been in the last 10 years, Ben, without yeah. any Batman in it. There was Gotham, yeah. there was Pennyworth, there was Titans, although it now has a Batman. Just do a Batman. But there's also Pennyworth the film Batman. Pennyworth was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't watch a single episode of that, Ben. Jesus, not one, Michael. Nobody has ever looked at Alfred and gone, he'd be great in his own solo series, wouldn't he? Well, he, somebody did. Someone did, Ben. Someone did and they made it and no one watched it. But anyway, look, it's probably worth watching. Ben, what we want to see, basically, is are any of the listeners watching it? Uh, yeah, if you could let us know, ladies and gentlemen... If you've ever watched Titans. Is Titans yeah. real or is it an elaborate marketing campaign from DC? Mm. Um, have you seen it? Yeah. What do you think of it? I yes. remember watching season one and being distinctly unimpressed. I um, quite enjoyed bits of season one, Ben. I liked Hawk mm. and Dove, for example, if I remember Hawk correctly. Hawk and Dove were, were, were a highlight, Michael. In, mm. in your defence, you're not wrong. There's Superboy in it, Ben. And Crypto, what? the Wonder Dog. Michael, do you know what's coming out, actually? Jesus, that, that sparks a whole other thing. They're making a Super Pets movie. Mm. With all do you know the Super who, Pets. Do you know who's playing bloody crypto? Um, Paul Rudd. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He just can't keep fingers out of pies, can he? Do you know who's playing Ace the Bathound? Paul Rudd. Notable short man, bloody Kevin Hart. Oh, <laughs> It's funny because the rock is big and he's small, so it's a dichotomy. Benjamin, look, anyway, who cares? Benjamin, <laughs> Benjamin, have you ever heard of Amazon Prime? Yeah, have, yeah. 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 Well, this the, little the, indie indie company little, setting up as a streaming service. Small indie company, Ben. They released a movie, Ben. A movie which was made for the cinemas. Good for them. Made, yeah. made for the cinemas, Ben, but released on Amazon Prime because of the prevailing Rona situation. And Rona. It was called The Tomorrow War, Ben, with one Christopher Prattenston in it. And uh, it came out a few weeks ago and we're way behind the curve on this. So we're not going to really get into depth on it. But I did see it. I saw it yeah. when it came out and we forgot to review it. I, look, we, we did. We touched on it a little bit, Michael. What a mess of a film. Did you watch it, Ben? I have watched it, Michael. Mm. Um, somebody at Amazon Prime... Watched the film Inception mm-hmm. and said, yeah, I'll do that, but not good. Not as good. Benjamin. No, not Inception. What was the other one? Interstellar. Sorry. Interstellar. I get confused Interstellar. on the Christopher Nolan's inters. In, in, in the- Interstellar. If I had, Somebody. If I, go on. Go on. Go on. No, you go on. You go no, on. No, you go on. You no, go you on. go on. No, I insist. Okay. I insist. I insist. You go um, on. Go on, Benjamin. For, for, for my money, Michael. Somebody watched the film Interstellar and went, oh, yeah, I'll do that, but not as good. For my money, Ben, someone watched the film um, Why Is Tom Cruise Dying All the Time? And they watched that and said, oh, I'm going to do that, but less interesting. Yeah. So once we had the fusion of those two rubbish things, Michael, we got this film. (laughs) Um, So we can do, I I suppose, one of of the great grievances for me, Michael, is the end, moving towards the end there and the big twist. Mm. Um, well, there's two twists. There's two big twists. Oh, we're just going to lay straight off. into the spoilers of this, are we? We're going to lay straight into uh, the spoilers. Okay, well, what way, would you, what way would you like to do it, Michael? No, okay, go on. Go on. If you just want to go straight into the complaints, that's up to you. Oh, okay. No, go on. Tell me what was good, because you're, you're, you're the light at the end of my very, very dark tunnel. So oh, you, thanks, Ben. You go ahead and... I'm and, not going anywhere near your tunnel. Um, Benjamin, first of all... <laughs> okay, lovely. First of all, Ben... Yes. Um... The action sequence, the first action sequence where this bunch of mostly normal people are handed guns and told, go fight aliens. That first action yeah. sequence is quite good. Where they're in the yeah, abandoned okay. office building and the, the thingamajiggies are coming after them and they're just normal people in, in whatever clothes they showed up at this training centre for. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. I very much like that, Ben. And it very much, without the time travel shenanigans... That very much struck me as this could have been an Aliens film in the film in the film franchise Aliens. Yeah, okay. Imagine a future world where aliens have been transported to Earth, Ben, and how much of a disaster that would be. That's basically what Wouldn't this be is. Great. No, it'd be yeah, very bad, very unpleasant. Bit of chaos. Yes, and the white stripes, Ben. They kept coming to get everyone, and they were like, "Is the bloody they're called the yeah? Is it because they're called the white?" White white spikes, Ben, but I call the, them the, the white, white spikes. Stripes. That was the yeah. joke. The white stripes, like Jack White, mildly from Seven Nation. It doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter what. It was a good joke. It wasn't a great. It was joke. a good joke. You, you made a real effort. It wasn't a great joke. I mean, look, the important thing is that you tried, Michael. Yeah. I was not only the only reason earlier. Um, the only reason we're here, Michael, doing a podcast every week is to entertain ourselves, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, All right, fair enough then. The do, white do you know what I mean? And that yeah. entertained me, Michael. Seven so don't be too hurting yourself. They're coming after you. Um, Look, that's good. <laughs> That that's good. I like that. I actually like the aliens. I thought the aliens were quite cool. I like that there was a new oh, the drifty boys. The, I like there was a new time travel conceit that I've never seen before, where they have basically opened a portal with a thirty year gap, but that's all it is, and the gap itself moves along down the river of time. So all you can ever do is go back in time or forward in time thirty years. That's it. You can't go to any other time. It's interesting. It's a new conceit. And I like the fact that the it it progresses. Because that's one thing that always bothered me about time travel, even in the show Loki, Ben, is that yes. there's no such thing as a last minute rescue when you have time travel. Because the person who's coming to rescue you has literally the rest of their life to, to, work just, us out. to work it out and just come and get you 15 minutes before the disaster. It, it you know, it's either going to happen or it's not. There's no time. There's no There's time. No, it's not. It's not a time sensitive gig, except in this, which I quite liked. Yeah, well, I mean, that's interesting, and it does answer the question, especially coming towards the end of the film, as to why they didn't go back to a certain point, Michael. Yeah, um, <clears throat> much much earlier to to fix that particular um, issue. But anyway, Michael, let's let's get into it. Bloody Christopher Prattenston. Yeah. Not his usual self in this, I thought, Michael. Very, uh, I thought he was a bit stiff. Yeah, I think he's, I think it was closer to his new self. Uh, yeah, his new, clean, yeah. wholesome Christian Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's not taking a shit in a dumpster anymore, is he, Ben? Yeah, and it's weird, because I think people pay to see Pratt being a Pratt mm. on occasion. Mm. I think, um, Ben, I think one of the biggest things that ever happened to Chris, Chris Pratt was the Massive public shaming over that time he showed someone his penis as a joke. Yeah, that was a huge moment. I think that yeah. changed him as a as an actor and as a comedian. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, look, I just it's funny his his reputation just seems to be like it's the sl- it's the world's slowest plane crash, Michael. Look, Ben. To be honest, we're not really talking about the Tomorrow War here. We're only we only diverted into this to say that we've seen it. Leave us alone. Don't ask us any questions about it. Yeah, fair enough. Look, it's there's two weird bits in it, Michael, that I thought were just odd choices. One is the big twist that the Commander Scientist Lady is his daughter. Yeah, that um, wasn't a twist. That was pretty obvious. Yeah, that was telegraphed a fair mile off. And then the other interesting thing is, um, oh yeah, we know the location of where the aliens were when it all began. We we know how all that works. Um. Should we tell the government? Nah, they'll never believe us. Let's just take some grenades and some guns and stuff and sort and dad, it out. And your dad. And your dad. <laughs> yeah. J.K. Simmons is in that movie for no <laughs> reason. He's a very muscular old man. J.K. Simmons gives an elf fist fight to an alien queen. Hey, he kicks the shit He's out like, of ah, I'm going to fight a fist fight. I'm 66-year-old J.K. Simmons. I'm going to kick the shit out of this alien. <laughs> Fucking ripped, Michael. Benjamin, he's ripped as F. Benjamin, yeah. do you think that Yvonne Strahovski hates Emily Blunt? <laughs> for stealing her entire thing. I would say that Avon Strahovski would be in a lot higher profile roles if there was no such thing as Emily Blunt. I'd say so. I mean, she was she was a real fan favourite way back in the Chuck days, Michael. In the Chuck days. It's funny that uh, no one's ever mentioning Avon Strahovski for, what's her name? Sue, Sue Reed. Sue Richards. Sue, Re- Su- yeah, Suzanne Storm. Su- Suzanne Storm. She's not even um, in the picture for some reason. She'd be a good action storm, wouldn't she? Mm. If you can't yeah. get Emily Blunt. Um, no, because she she did. I mean, technically, Chuck was a B level television show. Do you know what I mean? It's, it was a fan favorite and not much else. Well, Ben, um, Avonstra, she she's not she's not had an unsuccessful career with Chuck Dexter. Um, what's that one called? Where America's misogynist? Dexter. Um, America. The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. America. Yeah, America the movie. She's not, she's America. not had an unsuccessful career, but her tough talking, straight talking, action lady roles are always they always got Emily Blunt first. We so can't say America the movie anymore. Why not? Because there is an America the movie on Netflix. Oh, what's that about? Uh, it's an animated piss take of the origins of the United States of America, starring Channing Tatum as a buff George Washington. Oh, good. 
Um, it's awful. I watched it and it was so bad, Michael, that I didn't review it on this podcast. Oh, like the Tomorrow War. Benjamin, have you seen anything worth reviewing or seeing on the podcast? Michael, a couple of weeks ago, I brought a trailer to you and I said, here, come here to me, look at this. This looks like a very enjoyable flick. Mm. And I showed you Karen Gillan doing a flip. Yeah, John Wick S, we called it. John Wick S. And I went, I went to see... Oh, well, I, didn't, I didn't go to see it, Michael. I saw it. Um, and it's out. It was out last week. And it's, it's, it's gunpowder milkshake, Michael. And ooh-wee. Yes, ooh-wee. go on. Ooh-wee. If I was the producers of John Wick, I'd be gnashing my teeth. Why is that? Um, because, Michael, I'd argue that the John Wick premise... Yes. ...has run its course. Go on. Okay. What I mean by that is, yes, the first John Wick film was bloody great. Yes. Um, for what it was, it was it was uh, a single shot, high octane Keanu Reeves doing some cool shit film. Yes. And then it was a victim of its own success, and they went, "Oh, we'll have to make more now because people will pay to see this." And even John Wick Two, enjoyable expansion of the universe, going to see the gunmaker doing mm-hmm. all the other things, fun, fun, fun. I felt that premise, Michael. Lost a bit of its interest by John Wick 3. John Wick 3, Ben, everyone's assassins. Everyone's assassins. And I feel like one of the things that John Wick doesn't really have going for it, Michael, is doesn't have a lot of humour. doesn't have a lot of stylistic flair. It's very clean. It's very mm. set in its tone. But there's not a lot of room for joy. There's lots of killing enjoyment. people with a book. There's loads of killing people with a book, Michael. And what... This film, Gunpowder Milkshake, does better, Michael, is you invest in the characters an awful lot more. Oh, it's not because they're ladies. It's not because they're ladies. It's because they're just very good characters, Michael. Um, So it's two hours long, Michael. It's a long movie. It's an hour and 54 minutes. All films Um, are long now, Ben. All films are long now, but it, you know we lost the only only shitty comedies are an hour and twenty minutes these days, Michael. Um, but yeah, so it's a long film, but you don't feel it, which I think is another great uh, boon to it. It's an enjoyable two-hour romp that you don't feel. Um, Karen Gillan is actually quite reserved for Karen Gillan because she's playing a, a kind of traumatized assassin. Oh, um, John Wick. John Wick, if you will. Yeah. Um, but Paul Giamatti's having the time of his life as usual. I think Paul Giamatti just does what he wants and has a great time. He has a great time, um, no matter what. He even had a great time in The Amazing Spider-Man too. He did. He played the rhino. Mm. He's having the best time. Um, so then we get some some big, big hitters, Michael. We got um, Mina Wen is in it, um, and she plays one of the, the lady assassins. Um, oh, wait, hang on. I could have this mixed up again. Damn it, if I get this wrong again, <laughs> have you, Michael. Have you mixed up Ming Na Wen and Michelle Yeoh again? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> shit. Hang on. Oh, shit. I'm so racist. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, that's excellent, Ben, I have to say. Oh, it's not. It's really bad. It's Michelle Yeoh, Ben. Yeah, it's Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Well, Michael, contrary to what we often say on this podcast, not a waste of Michelle Yeoh. She's a very enjoyable yeah, lady very assassin. Good. So, Benjamin, um, I'd yeah. like to derail this for a second and, th- oh, and just, no. just really focus in on this Michelle Yeoh, Ming-Na Wen thing. I just can is never it, get the two of them apart. Is it just that they're both older ladies, Ben? Is that what? Is, so is this misogyny or racism that's rearing its ugly head? Um, I mean, either or, Michael. I'm just a Whichever. terrible person at this point. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't even mean to be. I'm just shite. Um, oh, that's excellent. I really like yeah. then that you're looking at your notes there and you've written down Ming Na Wen. Have I? Fuck. I don't know. I think you have, yeah. Oh, you no, I haven't. Be, don't oh, be a just, dick. All right, okay. I'm written just down. Um, <laughs> right, come on. Take yourself out of this hole. Michelle, no, I was in it. I want to cry now. <laughs> I want to have a little cry. Then I'll right. dig myself out. You have a little cry. Um, so, Michael, um, Angela Bassett's there, being a big uh, boss-ass lady. Oh, yeah. um, and Gina Gershon is there for some reason. She's also enjoyable. And then there's a little kid, Emily, is the is the little kid, and she's the heart and soul of the film, Michael. It's very good. It's a classic kind of um, noir assassin gains a conscience flick. And one of the, one of the best things about it, Michael, is is the sheer panache that all this is done with. Um, Benjamin. Yes. I haven't seen this yet. I don't see Gina Gershon on the cast list. Do you mean Carla Gugino? Shit! 
<laughs> All right, well, that's that's nailed Maybe it anyway. I haven't it's, seen it's this. It's not film. racism. It's not racism. It's misogyny. <laughs> it's just misogyny. It's just you can't tell women apart. All right. Oh, well, I suppose hell. that's a positive. That's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. I right, just so, leave yeah. it. Let's just let's just do something else. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just do something else. Uh, no, what is wonderful about this film, Michael, is the sheer level of style um, and panache put into it. Um, everybody's having a great time playing their little character bits. Um, it's very, very John Wick by the numbers, though. Mm. Um, and that's its greatest flaw, is that it's not an original film in terms of the big beats. Um, the one amazing kind of um, innovation of it is is that Lena Headley's in it as Karen Gillan's mum. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about Lena Headley in it is she's great. She's just, she's just a really good lady assassin. Um, it's a really enjoyable thing. Seeing them work through that story is really interesting. But I, I cannot... It's such an enjoyable film to watch. It's over the top in the way that John Wick is, but with a real heart uh, that makes it a bit more enjoyable, Michael. And yes, no puppies die. Very good, Ben. You know, that's become such an issue lately that um, that there's a website called Does the Dog Die? I think we've talked yeah. about it before. I think it's mandatory to check that website before watching a before film watching these days. Film. I, I don't have it in me to watch a dog die, Michael. I, for some reason, Ben found myself with a bit of time this week. I think it was a bit of a slow pop culture news week. And I actually ended was. up watching two other Netflix original films or maybe what? Amazon Prime original films. I watched um, I Care Too Much or I Care So Much with Rosamund Pike and the Dink that's a, Peter that's Dinklage. That's Prime Boy is what that is. I think that was Amazon Prime. No use at all. Uh, did not like no. it. And I also watched the... Well, actually, you know... It's all right, but it's not. It doesn't bear getting into on this podcast. Um, okay. It, its problem is it doesn't know what it wants you to do. It doesn't have any likable characters. So by the end of it, you're just going, "Am I watching this to see them succeed, or am I watching this to see them get their comeuppance and Let's get them failed?" Or you know what, what's going on here? And the other one I watched, Ben, was the much maligned Joe Wright movie, "Woman in the Window." Um, what's that? With it's a it's a rear window esque. Uh, film with Amy Adams as a doctor suffering from agoraphobia who thinks she witnesses oh, a murder yeah. or maybe does or maybe doesn't. No good at all. So boring. What are what are they doing in that film, Michael? It's like it's like watching an epileptic fit. Um, it's so boring. I watched it, Ben. I was so bored. I didn't even finish it. I haven't seen that film. What I have uh, seen, Michael, is two drag queens review that on their YouTube channel for oh, uh, We Like to Watch. And it's oh. bloody excellent, Michael. It's way better than this podcast. You should go check oh. that out, ladies and gentlemen. All right, okay. Put a link there, man. Um, uh, yeah, we put a link down below. Um, yeah, that was a weird film. That that was Julia Stiles is in that. Bloody Gary Oldman's in that. Not Julia Stiles. Call me Julianne Moore. <laughs> what is wrong with me today? You've got female face blindness. <laughs> That's hilarious. Fucking. What is wrong? I, I'm, I'm blaming the heat. I don't know what's going on with me today. Oh, that's excellent. Oh. Benjamin, I have to say no. That's enough of that. Has there been anything worth watching on, Ben, this week at all? Michael, we got season finale of The, the Fuckery. The Fuckery, Ben. Loki season the fuckery. one, Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. This whole episode is spoilers from absolute start to finish. So. Oh, start to finish from tip to bottom. The whole series, Ben. Benjamin. This episode of Loki was the equivalent of if the final episode of WandaVision had been a half hour sit down with Mephisto. I I would have watched that. Oh yeah, I, I think would have probably would've. enjoyed it more than the WandaVision finale. Michael Jonathan Majors. Stick him in Ugh. there, Ben. Ah. So good. Ridiculously enjoyable to watch on screen. Stick him in there, Ben. Benjamin <laughs> Yeah. So you're very excited, obviously, about Kang. Yes, I am. But he's not called Kang in this. He's not. He's a Mortis. Is he, though? He never calls well, himself a Mortis, either. He calls himself He Who Remains. He's he's an amalgam character, Michael. It, it follows the beats of the comic uh, to the letter, because the founder of the TVA within the comic books is He Who Remains. Okay. Um, and he's the... He's the witness to the end of time. That's that's what he's doing. And he's there to watch it all come crumbling down, Michael. Um, and in order to protect the timeline, he created the TVA and did the whole business. 
But who we're actually seeing there is an amalgam character of He Who Remains, who is not a Kang variant in the comics. That's really important. Oh. Um, he's not a Kang variant in the comics. Now, I could be wrong on that, but I've checked to within an inch of my life. If anybody knows, ladies and gentlemen, please get in touch with us um, and do correct me. I'm happy to be wrong on that one. Um, he's not a Kang variant, but he, he is very much so in, in this, Michael. Mm. Um, now, Kang is never directly mentioned. Immortus is never directly mentioned. No. Um, um, what's his name? Ramatet is never directly Ra- mentioned. Yeah, Ra- Ramatut, who is the... Um, so, are we, are we doing a bit of a deep dive? Do you want me to do a bit of a deep Why dive? Why don't you do him? a little medium-sized deep dive, Ben, into who even is Kang anyway? So, who we're being introduced to here, ladies and gentlemen, is there's a particular line that lets us know exactly who he's referencing. Um, and Jonathan Majors, he who remains, uh, says, some of us were conquerors. Oh. And we go, oh. 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 Um, and that's a very direct reference to Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror is a time villain um, from around roughly the 31st century. Um, and he has a really long and intricate history in Marvel Comics. He was originally... Uh, Nathaniel Richards from the 31st century. Nathaniel Richards is a descendant of either Reed Richards or Doctor Doom. Or both. Or both. Doctor Doom and Reed Richards had a baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Totally fine now. Anyone can do whatever they want. Totally fine now. No, he's a very distant descendant of of Reed and Doctor Doom and he reworks in his original appearance way back in the 60s he reworks Doctor Doom's time machine he goes back in time Michael um, in a giant sphinx and he uses advanced technology to take over Egypt right why does he do that don't know that's what I do that's what what he wants to do so he becomes Rama Tut the villain Rama Tut and then as that goes on, Michael, um, he kind of crosses paths with the Avengers because time keeps changing. And, oh, he hates those Avengers. Oh, he doesn't like them because no they spoiled them. his good time. Um, then in later iterations, Michael, he makes a, a bet with the Grandmaster, who we've seen in the form of Benicio Del Toro in the MCU. No, that was the character. Um, the Grandmaster oh, wait. was Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, okay. So he makes a deal with um, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, but in the comics, the Grandmaster is a much more powerful being than... Jeff Goldblum. He's a cosmic entity and Much, not to be trifled with. Jeff Goldblum, Ben, is a cosmic entity not to be trifled with. Not the character from the MCU, the actor Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, the actor Jeff Goldblum. Um, he's just America's treasure, isn't he? He's just a He'll take you down, Ben. Being. He's going to take down this podcast now because you've said that about him. Oh, damn it. Yes. Ah, oh, well, we had a good run, Michael. We had a good run. Um, so, anyway, he would later go on... Um, to no sorry I've skipped ahead never mind he doesn't make a bet with the Grandmaster ignore that um, what he does is uh, he comes up with a plot obviously to deal with um, the Avengers again Michael because he doesn't sick like them. them sick of them so what he does is he's like well I need an army right so I'm going to go get an army so what he does is he goes travels uh, it's either forward or kind of sideways in time and this is where his dimension hopping comes into it and he comes to the the kind of the reign of Renslayer and anyone who's been watching the show is probably familiar with that because Renslayer Judge Renslayer is the name of the lady Mm. judge in um, Loki but in the comics that's a dynasty of of kind of dimensional beings and the daughter is Ravona uh, Renslayer and Ravona Renslayer Kang sees her and goes ooh wee hot dog what a, what a lady. I'm a wooer. I'm going to woo her. Um, so he makes a bet then to uh, with the king and he says, give me your army. You know, I'll impress you and I'll uh, take out the Avengers and then you'll give me your daughter's hand in marriage. Cool, cool. And he tries to do that, Michael, and oh, it doesn't go very well. It goes so poorly, in fact, that um, the Avengers are, are captured. Okay, so he gets them. But he's so dickheaded in his pursuit of this. He's such a tyrant to this army and to the people involved. And Ravona Renslayer doesn't actually like him. That everybody goes, do you know what? Fuck this guy. He's yeah. a bit of a dick. That's the, that's Less of that. Yeah. So they actually turn on him, right? And in order to escape this, he frees the Avengers, teams up with them, and then uh, they, they escape. Mm. And then Kang kind of gets away again. The next time we see Kang, Michael, he makes a bet with the Grandmaster because Ravona Renslayer has nearly died. So he asks the Grandmaster um, for her power over life and death. And he kind Ooh. of freezes Ravona Renslayer pre-death in a stasis field, a bit like uh, Dr. Freeze in, yeah, yeah. Or, in uh, the Batman or comics. And um, he has a contest with the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster loves a game, Michael. 
loves a game. And this is where the the real multiversal element of Marvel Comics comes in because what they do is he he hires or he kind of engages the services of Avengers from around the multiverse to take Ooh. out our Earth 616 um multiverse people. Oh. Um and that's where that all comes from. Again, it fails kind of horribly, but it opens up the multiverse to us and then we start seeing more versions of Kang. Mm. Um so we get uh, Kang the Conqueror who is still kind of the main version that we see a lot of the time. Um, in the Marvel Universe. And then we got Immortus, who is a much older version of Kang from the future, possibly hinted at here in Loki episode six. Mm. Um, and that's we kind of get that expanded multiverse. But Kang is no good, Michael. He's very dangerous. Ben, isn't Iron Lad a Kang at one stage? He is. Iron Lad's a young version of a Kang. Yeah, aren't they all Kangs? Everyone's Kangs. Well, that that int- that introduces an interesting thing here, Michael, because we're we were introduced to Elliot Bradley, mm. or no, Elijah. Sorry, Elijah Bradley, and Elijah Bradley is young Captain America. He's Patriot. Yes. yes. Um. So, are we getting uh, num 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 hints of a bloody Young Avengers coming up? Well, it certainly mm-hmm. seems to be heading that way because you've got a certainly young a uh, young Patriot, you've got a young Loki, you've got a um, you've got a young you could have a young Kang as a young Iron Man. Uh, they keep trying to set up young Iron Men's. It could be his daughter. It could, you've got a Cassie Lang, Ben. Could be Ant. You could have any sort of young Avengers if you want. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of kids running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Jonathan Majors was excellent. Jonathan Majors was astounding. I felt bad for everybody else on that, <laughs> trying to act in that scene with him because mm. he kind of just took it. He just <laughs> from, came in. From this... <laughs> yeah. Came in and stole a six-episode series out from everyone. <laughs> just like that. Mm. And the worst part is, if I was Tom Hiddleston, I'd be like, no, I'm the charismatic one. And yes, like, it's no, me, Tom Hiddleston. From the second he saunters backwards in that elevator, Michael, he's just eating an apple casually, and you're like, oh, this man's dangerous. This man fears nothing. Look at this um, Benjamin, yeah. do you think we have seen the future of the MCU here? Is he this year's Thanos? Um, well, he's the next phase's Thanos, I think. No, um, Michael. I think I think the the wonderful thing about his ominous prediction is that we could see multiple Kangs. We could see him, we could see him being a pain in the ass for everybody, oh, um, no. but not the same not the same Kang each time. Um, if we do have, as he predicted, infinite terrible Kangs racing to the racing to dominate the multiverse, mm-hmm. um, what are, what are we going to see, Michael? How is that going to pan out? Obviously. We now understand that all of this is tied to the next phase. This was the flagship for phase four. Or was um, it? Ah, it was. Come on. Or was it? Come on. I, I stand to be super corrected on this, obviously. But this is clearly them opening up their next phase. Um, I think we thought it was going to be Shang-Chi. I'm not so certain that's the case anymore. I think this was their kind of Trojan horse opening up of the thing because we're going to get multiverse madness. We're going to get quantum mania. We're going to get um, what if I think they're all going to be tied. Mm. I think they're all going to be tied. Spider-Man, everyone's from dimensions. Everybody's from dimensions. Mm. A Spider-Man tale. No sign of that trailer, Ben. You'd think we would see it by now. I'd, I'd like to see it by now, Michael. I'd like mm. to get myself involved in a little bit of Spider-Man things. I'd, I'd sure love it for my bloody podcast. Oh, yeah, I do a podcast, Ben, a once-weekly uh, pop culture podcast called... Uh, what's this called? You, yours is called Sure Look and mine's called Sure Listen. Very good. Um, Benjamin. We should probably put those together at some point. <laughs> Very clever. It was good. Uh-huh. I thought it was good. I enjoyed the finale. It was a little bit... I can imagine if you weren't... Well, look, they played it pretty well. Yeah, I think so. Thank God he didn't just show up and go, it's me, Kang! And then have the Marvel fans going, oh my God, it's Kang! And have the TV show fans going, what? What?" Sorry? Squeeze me? It's you who? Mm -hmm. Ben, famously, obviously the worst case of that ever was in Star Trek Into Darkness or Beyond or whichever one it was, where he said, my real name is Khan. And everyone on the team went, oh, is it? All right. Why did you tell him it was John? It was Khan. Oh, oh good, yeah. So I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm glad he didn't just show up and say, it's me, Kang. It was played so well, Michael, and it's a mystery. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't actually find out who this enigmatic being at the end of the universe really is. Mm. We get a little description of, he's like, well, I'm a variant. 
Yeah. Of a variant, of a variant, of a variant. Yeah. Um, just like you. Um, but I'm pretty fucking good. Um, so we're not doing that. There's a real interesting debate between the three of them as well. Sylvie, um, Loki and, um, for lack of a better word, Kang. Where they're like, we're all villains. Yeah. Look, we we can do it for the right reason. You've been given a chance here. You can take over. You can run this gig. Um, and I um, I know that a lot of that final confrontation has chapped a lot of people's buns, Michael. Mm. Um, because a lot of people didn't want to see the Sylvie Loki romance. Mm. Um, and I am fascinated by this resistance to the Sylvie Loki romance because they're the same I, person. Then you see that's what's upsetting yeah, people. Yeah, but what? Like, it's it's really interesting to me, Michael, that, you know, at the beginning of this, we celebrated the fact that <laughs> Loki was a bisexual and everybody was like, yeah, yeah, great. And now suddenly it's like, no, he'd never do that. It's yeah. like he's a shape-shifting demigod. Like, yeah, he'd do whatever he wants. He's been a horse. He was rode as a horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, he, he it's a whole thing. Horse. This Benjamin, guy gets around. I liked when he pretended to be cold, even though he's a frost giant. Oh, it's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, but both of them must have been, unless she's not a frost giant. Um, oh, I mean, that's the thing. We don't know what Sylvie's actual origin is, do we? Mm, we don't. We don't know what's going on. We don't know. And she'll never know because she was taken out of it um, before she could get all the big revelations. She'll never but, know, Ben, until they need a season two. Like, until they need a season two. And see, Loki is returning in season two because that's what they said. Um, and I mean... Ah, look, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was an excellent finale. I thought it was the strongest of the two three finales we've gotten so far. Um, I'm excited for season two. I want to see more of it. Um, and for me, that's an absolute win. A very good Benjamin. Benjamin. Yeah. You have recently been complaining to me about the ever, ever non-stop blurring of the lines between television and movies thanks to streaming. Yeah. And nowhere... Has that become more apparent than in Netflix's new prestige series, Ben? Fear Street. It's not a series, Michael. Isn't it's it? It's a trilogy. It's a trilogy. It's a trilogy, is it? Yeah, well, I mean, what, is it, what does that even mean, Michael? That's in what today's I'm streaming age? saying, Ben. That's yeah. what I'm saying. What makes, this, yeah. what makes this a trilogy, not a series, Ben? Yeah. So, Benjamin. Um, yeah. What Netflix have done. Is they've taken the success of the television program Stranger Things. Correct. And said people love the 80s. Yes. What was close to the 80s? And then someone has said, well, the 90s was pretty close. And then another person has said, what about the 70s? And the, 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 uh, the executive of Netflix has said, you're both right. Let's do it. But we and should probably balance that out by picking something not so close to the 80s. Yes, the 1660s. And, somebody said, <laughs> and somebody said the 1660s. The please. 1660s, yeah. That's, uh, like, yes, that is not close. Very <laughs> good. We've got our trilogy. So then, <laughs> we're, talking about, we're talking about the film series Fear Street. Head. But I'm loath to call this a film series. Because, is it? Is um, it really? Well, I mean, one one of the things that shocked me, Michael, when I was researching for this week's episode is it's based on an R.L. Stein series. Kind of. Kind of. In um, so much that it isn't really. Uh, yeah, but it's a mal- it's it's an amalgam of, of lots of, of different things. Yeah. Um, so uh, Fear Street is R.L. Stein's uh, teen series. So Goosebumps mm. was kind of aimed at the, the pre-teen market. And Fear Street is very much aimed at the the teenage market and mm. the the approaching adulthood. And now, yes, um, Netflix has seen this as a wonderful opportunity to make their own little kind of horror anthology series for a new audience. Yes, yeah. I, um, I would say young adults. This feels like it's mostly aimed at young adults. It's, yeah, but totally. It's so fascinating concept to tell the same horror story over three movies let's say three feature length uh, distances installments right are they movies Ben is it a serial who who knows or cares anymore this is just what it is I don't think it matters I think Mm. it's I think it's interesting I think it's interesting media Michael I think it's Mm. interesting media Um, so what we get in the first one Michael is 1994 um, and we're introduced to the, t- the the horrible town of Shadyside. Shadyside, no use. Ben, how do you know it's 1994? 
uh, because the soundtrack is the most on point thing <laughs> I have ever heard. I watched it with my good lady friend Michael. Yes, and she has she. Uh, I'm useless at music from like past a certain point. If it if it wasn't made, uh, I'm really good at sixties and seventies music. I really like that kind of music, and I'm really good at like modern music and stuff like that. But if you go anywhere between the eighties and nineties, I'm lost at sea. But she was like, "Oh, this is actually from 1994," and she was like, "Oh, this is actually from 1994." So all the all the songs are released in. Then would you say that she's only happy when it rains? She's only happy when it rains 1990s music references, Michael. Yes. Ben. Yeah. You've put here bangers galore. I have to say that um, the the music slightly annoyed me, to be honest. Oh, get out of <laughs> town. A lot of it was... It wasn't... A lot of it served absolutely no purpose other than... Here's the intro of a famous song from the 90s. And here's another intro from a famous yeah. song in the 90s. Sometimes you got three or four in a row. There's one sequence where they're getting on a school bus. And yeah. it just plays like an impatient teen skipping through the starts of famous songs from the 90s. It's bizarre. It's very Perhaps strange Perhaps intentional, choice. Michael. <clears throat> it's not... Um, what's the word, Ben, when music is in the scene? Uh, Diagetic Diagetic I think I'll check it now But I think I think that's Scientology Ben Um, But it's not that It's just constant Here's music from the 90s I bet you remember this Do you remember this From the 90s (laughs) This song It's I'm only happy when it rains uh, It's Yeah it's diagetic do you remember the song I'm Just a Girl, a Little Old Me? Do you remember that song? Here it is. But I mean, that's all media these days, Michael, isn't it? It's it's all nostalgia-based currency. And it's, yes, it's a race true. now I... to stuff nostalgia into things. <laughs> and this was, in my opinion, Ben, too guilty of that. I didn't like the soundtrack. That's not to say I didn't like this. I've seen all three of them, Ben, and I have come out the other side of this liking all three of them. I, I I've yet to see experience. I've yet to see two and three, unfortunately, Michael. Um, but I did see 1994, and I enjoyed the the heck out of it, Michael. Um, some really jarring moments. This is sorry. I want to come back to the thing that you were saying, where this is this again is a kind of a teenage audience mm-hmm. um, that we're aiming at in this one. There are certain moments in that, Michael, that were utterly jarring compared to the tone that had been set up. Because initially, it's very tongue in cheek. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm speaking in particular, and this is spoilers for Fear Street 1994 from here on out. All right, uh, well, do you do, your little spoiler warning. Uh, it's spoilers, spoilers. Listen away now if you don't want spoilers for Fear Street. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Very musical, Ben. Uh, very, not really. That was awful. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm speaking particularly the, the montage of serial killers mm. that we get mm. is very, very disturbing. Um, the further they go through them. Um, we see the the little boy that's going to beat somebody in the head with a baseball bat. We see the man, the milkman, drowning someone. Yeah, very graphic stuff on occasion, mm. Michael. Um, yeah, a very low body count in this, though. Um, low by body horror count film standards. By horror film standards, absolutely. Um, that's but I think that's for a very particular reason, Michael. And I think the particular reason is fundamentally the the great fear of these films are slashers. Mm. Um. And slashers don't traditionally have tremendous body counts. Somewhere between um, four and ten. Somewhere between four and ten, Michael. And I think that's very intentional. One of the one of the really enjoyable things, Michael, is that even if you know who the slashers are in this case, it doesn't take any of the terror away from them. It's a great testament to the scary thing about slashers is slashers. Like, mm. and it's it's a great uh, condemnation of all the movies that have come out in the last couple of years trying to give slashers an origin. Or, you know... Well, that's the that's the really funny thing about this series is that, especially when you just see the 1994 one, it's setting up a world which is very established in its mythology. And it yeah. could therefore be like those films from the 1990s or the early 2000s even, which were the 17th film in a series. This feels mm. like it could be the 17th film in a series. It feels natural... That in 1994, there's all this backstory of all these different killers who've come and gone and 
we're potentially looking back on a film series which doesn't exist. And it's intriguing, especially in the 1994 one, to know we'll be going back and seeing some of those killers in their own films, as it were. In action, yeah. Yeah. So it has a, my good lady said, this is Freddy versus Jason. And she's never seen either of those films or the mm. film Freddy vs. Jason. But it does have the kind of team up of the greatest hits of slashers feel to it then. It does. Um, but I think one of the things that I really enjoy, Michael, mm. is how it inverts a lot of those standard beats as well. Go on. Um, so, you know, a lot of our characters survive almost until the end, mm. um, which is the the first kind of big one. Um a couple of other things that we have is um, we have our initial setup in the mall, Michael, which yes. is a very enjoyable sequence. Um, and a lot of that is, uh, it, oh, she's going to survive. She's going to be the final girl. Um, the officer doesn't get there on time. But more importantly, one of the great twists is, Michael, the slasher is stopped in the first five minutes or so, we think. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, he's uh, gone. Um, until later in the film where we find out he's not. The other big one is that our gay couple survives at least until the end of 1994, and that's a huge subversion of a kind of classic trope, Michael. Um, go on, you have a have a point there? We'll get to that. Okay, you right. Haven't, you haven't listened. I haven't seen haven't the seen others. On. But um, I don't know. It's, it, it strikes me that what you've said there, Ben, perhaps you haven't seen the film Scream from 1994, and perhaps due to your cowardness, Cowardliness. You're not quite as au fait with slasher films as, say, the likes of me, who the word is cowardice, films. Michael. You cowardliness. Dick. Cowardliness. Um. <laughs> so, Benjamin, have you seen the film Scream? Uh, bits. Haven't okay, seen so that's a that's an elaborate way to say no. So the the film Scream, Ben, starts yeah. with Drew Barrymore in a domestic setting. Have you ever seen or heard of the actress Drew Barrymore? Um, bits. Yes, yes, good. That's an elaborate way to say no. She was in Never Been Kissed, Ben. I've she, never seen Never Been Kissed. She was in E.T. She was Gertie. I've seen E.T. Yeah, she was Gertie in E.T. Yeah, that was Drew Barrymore, Ben. She's in both of the good Charlie's Angels films. Oh, yeah. Which anyway, Ben. good. Yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're better than the new one. Benjamin, in the opening of Scream... It's that. It's Drew Barrymore is in it. Drew Barrymore is the biggest, most famous name in the first Scream film. Okay. And she is stalked by a, a creepy man in a mask. No on good. On the phone. And she escapes from the house and you think she's going to get away and she doesn't and she gets killed in the opening scene. And that opening scene of Fear Street 1994 is, let's say, a complete and utter homage to <laughs> the opening of Scream. Even to, to the point, Ben, of it having its biggest name in that scene because Who's that's, the biggest that's name? Maya Hawke or oh, was she from Stranger she Things was, she was from Stranger Things yeah she was in the yeah. mall in the 90s and now okay. she's in the mall in the 80s and so on but yeah so that is very much a homage to Scream even the, the skull face killer is the ghost face killer from Scream Ben yes he's a, essentially he's a skinny little yeah. nerd man with a knife and a, and a long back costume and he's got and his then, robe and his skull mask the whole thing Ben is a homage to um, killers just your slasher films in general the the guy who comes after them with the with the sack on his head and the lumberjack um, and the lumberjack shirt Ben that's Jason that's Jason Ben not Jason yeah. Derulo Jason Jason Derulo <laughs> that'd be good wouldn't it if the, if the singer Jason Derulo came after them, was the you'd killer. hear him every time he was coming to get you because you'd be like, Jason Derulo. And you're like, oh, he's, he's, here. Oh, he's <laughs> over there. Um, I enjoyed Ruby Lane. I thought that was a nice, innovative little mm. slasher character. Um, I thought that the, I thought, what's his name? Drug dealer number one. I can't remember his name. Uh, I can't remember his name. But I thought he was going to die in that. I thought he was going to be our first casualty. Um, when she slit his Achilles tendon. Um, mm, and then he gets up and runs away anyway. Um, so I, I think that was interesting. Um, I think... I, I, I liked a lot of that, Michael. I thought, you know, the innovation of the kids. I liked the unstoppable evil element of it. I yes. liked that they blew him up and then you get to see it regenerate in a really kind of nasty way and it happens kind of slowly and oh, all very interesting stuff Michael all very interesting stuff it's been it's it's a homage to Scream Nightmare on Elm Street even bits of Evil Dead 
Yeah. And your and it has your characters from your slasher horror films like Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth. Episode two, Ben, Fear Street, nineteen seventy something. Yes, it's uh, nineteen seventy eight, Michael. An entirely different film, Ben. Yes, yeah, set at a camp. Set at Camp Nightwing, Ben, with Zadie Sink, who you might remember from Stranger Things. In case and you Dick Grayson is the, the killer. In case you didn't see enough, uh, Dick Gray is that Dick Grayson? No, it's Nightwing. Camp Nightwing oh, is a Camp terrible Nightwing. joke. Okay, I I'm get sorry. It. I get it. Ben. I'm I sorry. Might, I thought he might have been in Titans. Um, <laughs> and the the 1978 movie is very much a kind of remake of um, uh, the first the first Friday the Thirteenth film. Okay, but Ben, famously, if you remember, the first Friday the Thirteenth film, Jason isn't the killer. It's his mother who's the killer. It turns oh, out. Oh yeah. Um, and it's. Obviously, much more slick, much more modern. Um, That's good. It's got the benefit of hindsight and a budget, it, Michael. It does, but also it, it lacks for something as well. Where in the first one, everything was grotty and horrible and gross, and all the all the characters they're getting killed and you're like you're going to die because you had sex and that's immoral in the 70s and that's not okay and you're going to die because you're smoking the magic cabbage and that's not okay in the (laughs) 70s and they kind of lean into that in the 1978 but not quite enough okay to be it doesn't feel like the 70s you know what i mean other than ben the non-stop fucking music from the 70s and Yeah, exactly. It made me yawn. And the biggest problem with it, Ben, is have you ever seen the television show Supernatural? Yes. Benjamin, anyone who's who's going to watch this movie has probably seen the TV series Supernatural. Yeah, more than likely. If you're going to play some classic 70s hits in your Supernatural horror movie, maybe don't go for... (laughs) Wayward Son by Kansas. Oh no, they don't make the great sin. <laughs> they keep playing Wayward Son, Ben. It's just scary. I thought it was my ringtone, Ben, because my ringtone is Wayward Son from when I was a big Supernatural fan. Ben, they play That's Don't insane. Fear. They play Don't Fear the Reaper by the Blue Oyster Cult. One of the most iconic and memorable scenes from um, from Supernatural season one. Yeah, every single song they play, Ben, is from a Supernatural episode, and I find it hard to imagine. Anyone watched this and didn't go, oh, that was in Supernatural. Oh, that was in Supernatural too. That one's literally the unofficial theme tune of Supernatural. I think that's probably more of an insult to Supernatural hogging all the good 70s songs than yeah, it is Only to... in the first couple of series, though. But, I mean... Um, well, yeah, because then they ran out of money. Then they ran out of money because it's too expensive. Benjamin. Yeah. Anyway, the second one is quite good. It's a pretty good... Um, uh, slasher horror film set in the 70s okay. with, you know, characters trying to figure out what's going on. Um, they have a, an actress, I've forgotten her name, she plays she plays an Alison Brie type character. You're ta- are you talking about, not Alison Brie, Gillian... No, not Gillian Jacobs. She's in it. Gillian no, Jacobs. No, I'm not sorry. talking about Gillian Jacobs. The, the kind of, the, the main character that we're presented with, Cindy... Right. Is a 17-year-old played by a 28-year-old actress. So that's how oh, you know. Classic. That's how you know, Ben. It's a young adult show. It's classic. But it's good. It's good. The 1978 one is good. Then, Ben, it goes back to 1666. Oh, yeah. Bloody and witch territory. Witch and pilgrim territory, Ben. And oh, for classic. some reason, everyone is doing stage Irish accents. No. And I tell you what, Ben, took me out of it. Ah, oh, balls. You can't be going out into the woods at night because the old witch will be there and she'll get you. Tits. Oh, <laughs> it's rude. no good. And Benjamin, I am 90% convinced that in the episode three or film three or the third in the trilogy, they kill people off. Their amount of screen time is entirely dependent on how much of an Irish accent they can do. Because oh. the people who you know they're not letting speak. Oh, very upsetting. Very upsetting and very bad. But, Benjamin, and there's going to be a big twist here and it's going to ruin it for you. So this is why you want to cover your ears if you are uh, if you're if you haven't seen this already and you're intending to watch it. Okay, in episode little... three, Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you okay, can't I'm drop a bombshell a like that. Twist break. All right, I'm not going to... I'm going to give you a little twist break. Okay, in, go. In film three, Ben, we find out that the witch Sarah Fear, who's been our main... 
antagonist the whole time isn't our antagonist at all, Ben. She was a lesbian, Ben, from the 1660s who was hung. And the whole time, Ben... I know you predicted it, Ben, because it's not that obvious. It's not that <laughs> unobvious. Obscure. But the whole time, Ben, she has been sending visions of what's going on because she's trying to help and people have been misinterpreting it. So, Benjamin, I was watching this and I was thinking to myself, they should have just called this series It's Okay to Be Lesbians. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be lesbians. Lesbians are totally fine. And I was starting to get slightly annoyed at it, thinking... All right, okay, I get the message. It's okay to be lesbians. Of course it's okay to be lesbians. Everybody, just be lesbians if you want. And then I thought, mm, okay, maybe a lot, not, maybe not everyone does think it's okay to be lesbians. So yeah, maybe see, that's, need to exist. <laughs> that's possibly... See, I think that's really funny. I think, it's, I think it comes from a very... <laughs> it's quite interesting. When you're involved in that side of things and you, you encounter that kind of messaging and you're like... No, it's grand. Like, why are you making such a big deal? Yeah. Nobody, nobody just, cares if you're a lesbian or not. Lots of people lesbians. care if you're a lesbian or not. <laughs> especially in the 1660s, apparently. Like, especially in the 1660s. But it's, it's really interesting, and I think that's one of the great flaws of our podcast, Michael, is occasionally it's two white men <laughs> watching No, no, things. it's not occasionally, Ben. It's every week. <laughs> We're not doing blackface up in here, Ben. But I, I, think that's, I, I think that's one of the great flaws of our podcast, Michael, is occasionally it's just the two of us being like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? It's fine to be lesbians. It's grand. It's not a bother. And you're like, oh, wait, no. Some people think it's not grand to be lesbians. <laughs> um, oh, the funny thing is, yeah, 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 I know. So maybe maybe I'm starting to understand representation a little bit better. <laughs> but it's a little bit like, Ben, what I was thinking the whole time is it's a little bit like preaching, preaching to the choir and the choir kind of sitting there going, we know. We, we get it. Jesus. Yeah, but it's not for the choir, but it is for the choir. That's no, it's the, the congregation. No, the congregation aren't watching this because the congregation are going to be going, oh, it took three movies to get to the point that it's okay to be lesbians. But it's got slashes in it. People it might watch it. It has got slashes in it, yeah. That's, that's um, the thing, like, it's that nice conversion of Denmark. Everybody likes a good slasher. No, they don't. That's not true. Everybody likes a good slasher. It's grand to be a slasher. Actually, I take that back. <laughs> no, it's not. Don't go doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I suppose it could be. Are they, are they are trying to slip one in? Are they trying to, trying to Trojan horse a little message in at the end, Michael, for the, the conservatives that might have made it as far as episode I, season? I don't necessarily think so, because episode one is very clear on its message of it's all right to be lesbians. Okay. And episode two isn't at all. Episode two is a very much... Episode two stands out as being very 70s, but being a bit okay. too slickly 2020s produced. Episode three suffers from exactly the same thing, Ben. I don't know if you've ever seen The Witch. Yes, I have. I genuinely have the seen Witch. The Witch with Black Philip and, and the likes. With Black Philip and uh, the, la- the chess lady. And the chess lady... Also known as, oh, her name escapes me. She was Beth in Queen's Gambit. Oh, she's in everything. She also does an Irish accent in an Irish movie, Michael. Um, Are you trying to remember her name? Yeah, what's her name? It's Anya Taylor-Joy. Thank you. But have you ever seen, you've seen the film The Witch? Yes. The Witch was borderline unpleasant to watch. Yes, because the the cinematography and the direction really captured the sense of isolation and fear and loneliness. And it was almost like it was set in another world. Such was the kind of isolation and danger of being a pilgrim. Whereas this looks it's. It's too slickly produced. It's too modern. It, it the setting looks and feels much more like, say, Midsummer. Okay, okay. So it's good well, costuming. The whole time you think oh, the costume atmosphere. is great. The yeah, yeah. The atmosphere. They don't really, and that's what I kind of mean about the second one too, and somewhat the first one. Um, the first one, I couldn't tell you if it was really the night. It didn't feel like really the nineties. It felt like Stranger Things, the nineties. Yes, it's chronal appropriation, Michael. The second one didn't feel like really the 70s. It wasn't gross enough. It wasn't grotty enough. There weren't enough people smoking fags to be really the 70s. And the third one feels like the film Midsummer more than it feels like a really dangerously isolated and vulnerable community. Like Ben, they're struck by a plague on their food in season in episode three. Okay. And 
like losing your food supplies in the 1660s in a pilgrim colony means the end of that colony. Everyone is going yeah. to die. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's a bit unfortunate. Let's find the lesbians. <laughs> Where are the little lesbians? Where, Where are, are they? they? Let's get them and we'll we'll sort them out. But look, it's it's good. I like the series. I like the I like the throwbacks and references. Ben, I like that uh, that it's slashers versus slashers as well. I and um, as you know, Ben, I was a fan of the horror comic Hack Slash, which followed the same the same kind of if what if all slashers existed in the same universe anthology. Style. Which is, the which weird is, thing that happens in episode three, Ben, is we have the 1666 movie. Right. And that wraps up and ends. And then we get a 45 minute 1994 part two. Right. Where they wrap it all up. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Very interesting. Michael, come here to me. I have one plot hole that I want to run by you because I feel like you'll be able to explain it to me an awful right, lot quicker than I'll be on. able to figure it out. Right, At on. the beginning of 1994, yeah. um, we find out that the young fella is the slasher and he kills a bunch of people in the mall. Yes. But then we find out that, for the most part, they're only targeting... Um, not Sam. Who's the other girl? The Rachel. Is it Rachel? Rachel. I, I don't think there's anyone called Rachel. No, who's the who's the other girl in 1994? The the other lesbian, the the main character. Yeah, no, no, Dina, Dina is the main character, and then who's the other? Is it Sam? Is Sam, Sam the? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Sam's Sarah. the girl who's been targeted Sam? by the witch. Yeah. Yes. No, okay, she's the girl being targeted by the witch. Yeah. And then they say that the slashers are only interested in killing her. Yeah. Why did one of the slashers? Yeah. Go berserk in the mall then. And why did he kill people in the hospital if he was only going after... Well, Ben, you'll find that out if you watch the other two. Oh, okay. Is it made clear? Very much so. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then I'll uh, have to wait. Without without spoiling it too deeply, Ben, um, the slashers and the witch have nothing to do with each other. Remember, the witch is trying to what? warn people about the slashers. What? Exactly, Ben. What? Exactly. What? <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, Michael, what a um, twist. It's good, Ben. It's 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 barely a horror though. <laughs> okay, it's go not, on. It's, it's not really a horror. It's not a horror film. It it is to horror what supernatural is to horror or what Buffy is to horror. It's yes, so not a lot. <laughs> it's an action adventure with horror themes. Okay. Rather than a horror film. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's why it's probably how I could stomach it, Michael, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An actual I horror mean you're film. a big yeah, you're a big supernatural fan. It's um what 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 it's missing what it's missing from being just a flat out horror film is that although our heroes are often on the back foot, they're always trying to win. Yeah. And you know, in my feeling a horror film has to be unwinnable. Um, do you know what? They did a great job of asserting that at the end of 1994, Michael. I thought the death of those two characters was awful. At the end mm. of 1994, I was like, oh, shit. Very unpleasant, very upsetting. Oh, so upsetting, especially the girl. Mm. Um, I found that to be a really disturbing kill from a film that had gone for stabby, stabby, hatchet, hatchety. And then all of a sudden, through the bread slicer. Yeah, but I, they told the director the, the they told the director that um, a bread slicer wouldn't be able to crush a human skull. So they had to go and test it. So they got a watermelon and absolutely shredded it. And they went, oh, that probably could kill a human, actually. You know what? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought that was awful. Like, really? Yeah, she had had her character arc, though, Ben. And that's in a horror film. That's when you know someone's gone for. It's game over, yeah. Yeah. When they finish awful, their character though. arc, that's when you know they're goners. Awful. Um, anyway. Very uh, interestingly, Ben. <laughs> yeah, go on. None of the people of colour bite it. It's all whiteies. Oh, I noticed. <laughs> um, well, is 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 she not Asian? Is is the, the second oh, is girl she? not oh, of maybe Asian she is. heritage? Maybe she is. I didn't check, Ben. Um, yeah, but uh, 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 yeah, I mean, the janitor doesn't die in the mall. Um, in the mall slasher. Mm. Um, ah, oh, it's interesting. He's he's going to come in later, I'm sure. Anyway, anyway, Michael. Michael, I enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. What did you think of the Fear Street trilogy? Is it a series? Is it a trilogy? What even is it? Tell us 
in lots of different places. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeag.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. Means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on bloody Instagram at Sherlock sure Listen Podcast. It means Sherlock sure Listen in English. It does. Uh, you can find us on the interwebs at Listen Sure on Twitter. Sorry, not the interwebs. I'm very confused. It's very hot. Please forgive me. You can find it's us on Twitter. Hot. At Listen Sure. But the best place to get in touch with us, ladies and gentlemen, is our growing little community on Discord. Get up on that Discord. Hop up baby. Um, and let us know what you thought of the film. You can join us in a week's time, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be taking a look at the emerging internet theory that Marvel movies are just propaganda for the status quo. <laughs> so we're going to be doing a little bit of digging into that one, Michael. Um, and by we, you mean you. At uh, by me, yeah. I mean, we're going to take a look at it. It's like, what, what do you mean Sam Wilson is fighting to make the world a normal place for landlords and renters? What, what, oh. what do you mean? What oh. do you mean? What's going on? What do you mean Sam Wilson lets the bloody Repatriation Council continue its work? What do you mean? What do you mean? That's fine. It'll be like shaking McCarthy's hand and being like, ah, do you know what? You're not that bad. Um, ah, mental stuff, Michael. That's what we're looking at in a week's time. That's it from us, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. Watch out for the slashers.